Thank you for listening in to this week's sermon from Restoration Church Bryan. To learn more about Restoration, you can find us online at restorationbryan.com. We are so grateful for all those who are able to listen online, and we pray the message encourages you and challenges you as you draw closer to Jesus. If you are not already connected to a local church, we would love to invite you to join us for worship. If you are listening from another city, we pray that this message is a great supplement to your walk with Christ, and our hope is that you would have a gospel-centered local church that you call home. Thanks again for listening. Amen. If, uh, if you've got your Bibles, hopefully you're there. Acts 11, 27 through 30, as, as Pastor Matt uh, just read, and we'll dive into the text in a moment. Martin Lloyd-Jones, uh, theologian, author, pastor, Martin Lloyd-Jones told a story uh, about a, a farmer uh, who went into the house one day, uh, and this farmer, uh, to, he went into his house to tell his wife and his family some good news. He said, the cow just gave birth to twin calves, one red and one white. Uh, he continued, we must dedicate one of these calves to the Lord. We will bring them up together, and when the time comes, uh, we'll, send, we'll sell one and keep the proceeds, and then we'll sell the other. And the farmer said, we'll give the, the proceeds to the Lord's work. And his wife asked him, uh, which, which cow was he, was he planning on dedicating to the Lord? He said, there's no need uh, to bother about that right now. The farmer replied, we'll treat them both in the same way, and, and when, when the time comes, uh, we'll, we'll do as I say. Okay, Mr. Farmer. And a few days later, uh, as Martin Lloyd-Jones tells the story, he entered the kitchen uh, looking unhappy, uh, and, his, and his wife said, what, what happened? Um, he said, I, I have bad news. Uh, the Lord's calf is, uh, is dead. <clears throat> and and uh, his wife said, wait, you didn't decide which calf was the Lord. And he said, yes, I, I decided it was the white calf and the white calf died. The Lord's calf is, is dead. Um, <laughs> church, how many times are, are we like that? In our, in our giving with the Lord. Maybe, maybe the good intentions are there, uh, but, but the resolve is lacking. Or, or, or we, we, sort of, we sort of know what we need to do, um, but, but when push comes to shove, the, we, we end up balking. Listen, Acts 11, the end of Acts 11 is, is a story of... of astounding giving it is a story of astounding giving and more than that it is a listen it is a beautiful picture of the gospel and so as we as we dive into the text this morning and and as we look and examine uh what what it is uh to to give in christ but also to give in crisis uh christian i want to throw a couple of questions your way to to chew on uh, the first is this, Christian, are you dialed into the voice of God and aware of what He is calling you to give? Christian, are you dialed into the voice of God and are you aware of what He's calling you to give? And the second thing I would ask is, Christian, do you only give when it's convenient or has giving become a lifestyle and an overflow of response to the gospel the good news of, of Christ crucified and, and, and raised. Uh, 
I want to look at three things this morning as, as we jump in. Uh, and, and all of it points back to this, this idea of giving in Christ and, and in crisis. Uh, the first thing is this, as we look at verses 27 and 28, uh, we need to be sensitive to the Spirit. We need to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. I want you to look at your neighbor because y'all need to wake up a little bit, bit this morning. Uh, y'all didn't know y'all were coming to the 830 service, um, but it is the 930 service. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, hey, be sensitive to the Spirit. All right, look at your other neighbor and say, be sensitive to the Spirit. Awesome. Look at verse 27. It says this, Now in those days, prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them named Agabus stood up, and he foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine over the world, and this took place in the days of Claudius. Couple, couple of things right off the bat with verse 27 to take, uh, that we need to take note of. First of all, we need to understand the bridge, the bridge has been built ultimately in Christ, but now God's people are, are, are learning and they are living out the ripple effect of reconciliation in Christ through the cross. And, and, and already we see God's people we see the church using their gifts not only to build up their local church, but also, listen, to encourage and to bless the, the global church. Amen? And, and so, uh, a question I think immediately arises, and it's this, uh, we, and, and we've got to tackle it. What, what was the role of the New Testament prophet? What was the role of the New Testament prophet? Opinions uh, and, and interpretations abound uh, among Christians today. And admittedly, like I, I'm, still, I'm still in process and my view is still in process. Uh, I, I, I don't believe uh, that you can make a, and let me say this the right way, a strong argument from Scripture that the gift of prophecy has ceased. But I also think that it's safe to say that the role of the New Testament prophet, um, I think, played a different role than that of the Old Testament prophet. It was held to a different standard. And here's, here's, why, here's why I would say that. If you look at Deuteronomy 13, it says this. If a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you and they give a sign or wonder and the sign or wonder that he tells you comes to pass and he says, let us go after other gods which you have not known. Let us serve them. You shall not listen to the words of the prophet or the, of that dreamer or dream or his dreams. Uh, verse five, but that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has taught rebellion against the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you out of the house of slavery later in deuteronomy 18 22 when a prophet speaks in the name of the lord if the word does not come to pass or come true that is a word that the lord has not spoken the prophet has spoken it presumptuously and you need not be afraid of him in the old testament the standard listen the standard was a hundred percent accuracy or or death. 100% accuracy or death. You're like, don't, don't sign me up for those prophet classes, okay? 
So, so it, it's like this. And, and listen, I, like, I, I am not trying to make any uh, political statement about Joe Biden or, or Donald Trump, uh, but, but I, I'll just say it like this. I, I saw a lot of quote-unquote Christian prophecy uh, surrounding the, the certainty of someone's re-election uh, back in November. And if we were like applying Old Testament standards, it would have been a prophetic bloodbath, okay? I'll just say that. The prophet, the role of the prophet was to be the voice of God. To, to be the voice of God to God's people without filter. That was the role of the prophet. They were called to tell forth the word of God. Now, now at times, as they were speaking the words of God, that, it, that included foretelling uh, the responsibility to foretell future events where God was speaking about his activity and, and his activities and, and purposes for what was to come. But this is the first mention of a prophet in the New Testament. And we're actually, we're, we're, we're going to see Agabus again, uh, this prophet Agabus in Acts 21.10. Multiple times the New Testament mentions the, the, the gift of prophecy. F.F. F. Bruce says this, Paul regarded the gift of prophecy as of high value and he ranked the prophet next right after the apostle. So, some suggest that the, the New Testament prophet should be seen as distinct from the Old Testament, that they serve more as, as like an inspired or gifted preacher or, or teacher. It's hard to say uh, with, with certainty what, what we can definitely glean from Scripture, right, is, is, is this. It, it, is that these men and, and women at times, listen, they, like gifted by God, Empowered by the Spirit of God, there were at times where they, they were gifted with the ability to see and to predict what, what was coming. And this alone, I would say, would separate them from a gifted teacher or preacher. And I say all that because verse 28 says, Agabus, Agabus foretold by the Spirit. Though we don't have a lot of information on this brother. Here's what we do know. He, he was led, Agabus was led by the Spirit of God. He was led by the Spirit of God. And it brings up, a, I, I think, a, a crucial point in regard to how the church today is supposed to use the spiritual gifts, but also how we're supposed to uh, physically give toward needs. We must stay sensitive to the Spirit of God. Amen? Because it is the Spirit of God who is both the, the architect uh, and the driver of both the spiritual gifts and the physical giving of the church. We see this, if you want to jot down, in 1 Corinthians 12, 4-7. through We see this in 1 Corinthians uh, 12, 11. And, and, and what's more is Scripture is pretty clear on this too. We're not supposed to seek out these manifestations of the Spirit for our own selfish appetite and, and ambition. Our aim has to be like that of Barnabas to build others up and to point them back to Jesus. Amen? Back to life in Christ. 
That's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 12, So with yourself, since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. Church family, the, the church at Antioch was about to mobilize and minister in a, in a profound and powerful way to meet a, a need that they couldn't possibly see coming until Agabus opened up his mouth. Now, there was a, the text tells us that there, there was a, a famine that was coming, and it talks about this ruler Claudius. We know from history, Claudius uh, ruled from AD 41 to 54. We also know from the writings of Josephus that there was a particularly severe famine in Palestine between AD 45 and AD 47. Ben Witherington says it like this, the famine was a, it was a, it would be a result of the flooding of the Nile River in AD 45. So, so Witherington says this, the, the harvest of Egypt, which was like the breadbasket of the region, was damaged greatly by the flood. It sent uh, prices, grain prices skyrocketing throughout the Roman world and even into Judea. And here's something, here's something to consider. As I say all that, Tony Morita says this, the famine has not even taken place yet when the disciples determined to send the relief. Wow. The church at Antioch put others before self and they they. They sent relief to Jerusalem. And check this out. They, they sent relief to Jerusalem knowing full well that the famine was going to nail them too in Antioch. Wow. Like this, this is so like not, this is so not what happened at the beginning of COVID. Like y'all remember that? <laughs> Like, like you roll, you roll up to HEB and like you're on the toilet paper, paper towel aisle, and it's like tumbleweeds are blowing down the aisle, <laughs> and the, like cue the country, like the country western music, right? I, like Steph, I remember like we we finally we finally find you know toilet paper, and it's like we need the 24 pack, but you know we're getting the judgmental stares, and it's like back off, man. There's seven of us. This will last till Friday, okay? Uh, Get out of here with your judgment, man. Um, what's my point? <laughs> I don't know. The, the church at Antioch could have gone into total hoarding mode. They could have gone into total hoarding mode. But they instead, they hurried to help others in need because they were sensitive to what the Spirit of God was speaking and raising up. Amen? And here, here's the application. Simple. Be sensitive to the Spirit. Be sensitive to the Spirit. And know this, if you, if you, don't, if you don't give uh, when it's comfortable, you definitely won't give in crisis. Let me say that again. If you don't give when it's comfortable, um, you, you definitely won't give in, in crisis. Second thing this morning in regard to giving in Christ and in crisis, as we look at verse 29, uh, make up your mind. Make up your mind. Now, this might get interesting if we have any 
like blossoming dating relationships uh, next to one another right now. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, uh, make up your mind. <laughs> look at your other neighbor and say, make up your mind. Awesome. Awesome. Look at verse 29. <laughs> oh, no, she didn't. Um, so the disciples determined. Verse 29. So the disciples determined everyone according to his ability to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. The disciples determine. It's interesting that that Greek word determine, it's the Greek word horizo. It means to come to definite decision or to come to a firm resolve. Church fam, stop and think about something. The, the church at Antioch was a minute and a half old. <laughs> they were a minute and a half old at this point. It was a church filled with brand new followers of Jesus. And, and though we don't know exactly the time gap between verse 28 and 29, the, the language of the text indicates that they, they settled the matter quickly and resolutely. Like they, they did not waver. They did, not, they did not waste time. Their minds were made up to give. Amen? And the text tells us they, they gave, they, they sent relief, each one according to his ability. Tony Morita says this gives us a glimpse into the hearts of the Christians at Antioch. They display sacrificial mercy and generosity to those in need. I, I, like it, just as a caveat, I, I would say already we see a little bit of a, a shift from Acts 2 in the church at Jerusalem. See, unlike the Jerusalem church at Antioch, we, we, we don't see them pulling their resources to the, together here. But I, I will say this, there was both a communal and an individual ownership of what needed to take place when it came to giving. It says each gave according to their own ability. Each gave according to their own ability. Matthew, Matthew 6.21 says this, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's also a, a, a great, uh, it's a great reminder when it comes to, to giving uh, of your finances when you're, listen, when you're, when your money doesn't control your heart, it doesn't hurt when it leaves. Let me say that again. When your money doesn't control your heart, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt when it leaves. Far from it, it's a joy to give. And this is, this is exactly what, what Paul was talking about when he, when he would tell the Corinthian church in, in 2 Corinthians 9, 6-8. Paul would say this, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And then 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. And here's, here's the application, church family. Restoration family. We don't, we don't just give when it's convenient. Amen? 
Like, like we, don't, we don't give uh, just always out of our excess when it doesn't cost us anything. We don't, and we don't give for the accolades and, and the, the approval of others. We are, we are resolved in our giving because the Father resolved to give us His Son. We're resolved. Christian, listen. You're resolved in your giving because God resolved to give you the gift of His Son. But here's the key. The, the time to make up your mind is, is, is now. The time to make up your mind is right now. Uh, and, and listen, we, we, we have got to have a commitment to mercy ministry. Amen? Like we have got to have a commitment to mercy ministry because James 1, among many other scriptural passages, reveals that, that listen, true, true religion moves beyond just inviting Jesus into your heart to actually reflecting the heart of God to a world in need. We can't just say that we've received the, the, the gift of salvation if we're not willing to give our, our lives and our stuff away for the sake of the gospel. Amen? Our, our, our boys, our, 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 the four boys have, have been working hard. Uh, we had a we had a, a work day yesterday uh, to the to the tune of, of dad putting 33,000 steps on his Fitbit. Um, but they've been working and, and we got a little allowance system and, and uh, we're not doing cans anymore. But early on, we would do a, 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 a spend, a save and a give can. Right. So they know this is the money that I can spend. I got to save this. I got to give this. Uh, last week, we, we had a man down. Levi wasn't feeling well. And so the, 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 the squad missed church. They missed worship. And Ben was so disappointed uh, be, because, uh, and, and he said this, Dad, I wanted to go to church because I wanted to give. And this morning, I, I watched him. And there's so much joy in this. Like they're asking, where's the giving box? Uh, and we forgot it. It wasn't out, so we had to go get it. And, and watching my kindergartner put a couple of dollars into the giving box. And, I, and I, love, I love it because we're trying to instill in them this truth. For the Brooks fam, at least, our, our hearts belong to God, not our money. Our hearts belong to God and not our money. Students, students, listen. Start somewhere. Start somewhere. I, I, I don't know if it ever gets easier. It's just obedience. Start small. But, but listen, don't, don't grow complacent to stay there. God, God will honor your small. And from that foundation, I believe that He will expand your platform and your ability to give more and more. And in so doing, point others to the goodness of the gospel. Amen? Third thing this morning as we look at 29 and 30. Let your giving be a demonstration of the Gospel. Let your giving be a demonstration of the Gospel. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, demonstrate the Gospel. Look at your other neighbor and say, demonstrate the Gospel. Awesome. Look at 29, it says this. The disciples determined everyone according to his ability to send relief 
to the brothers living in Judea, Judea and they did so, sending it by the el- to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul, who would become Paul. When the famine hit, the church moved into action. But, but notice, I love this, notice the language of the text at the end of verse 29. To send relief to the brothers in Judea. Why, why, why is this significant? Because the brothers, and, and, and I would add sisters, means family. Right? means family. If you're my brother, that's family. Different zip code, same fam. Tony Evans says it like this. They recognized that they were all part of the same family of God. Gentile believers in Antioch providing, provided loving support to Jewish believers in need. And, and so their, their past divisions did not hinder them from, from giving. In fact, their giving revealed something powerful. They understood that God's church is one. Amen? God's church is one. Whether we're gathering and on mission in, in, in Antioch or, or Jerusalem or Caesarea, they knew that they were all one in Christ, united in the same faith, the same shared deliverance, the same purpose. And so today, listen, it's no different. It doesn't matter if the church is gathered in, in Nigeria or Indonesia or Guatemala or Lebanon or in Bryan, Texas. We are one family in Christ. Amen? Or one. Paul would say it like this in Ephesians 2, 14-18, For He Himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in His flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that He might create in Himself one new man in place of the two so making peace. And He might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he, became, and he came and He preached peace to those who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through Him we both have access in one Spirit to the Father. And amen. Restoration fam. There is a way in which we give that provides the world with a powerful gospel apologetic. When, when that gift arrived in Jerusalem with Barnabas and, and Saul, listen, it was more than just money for food. It was more than money for food. There was a gospel ripple effect that, it, that accompanied it. Because after all, like, who ever heard of such a thing? Right? A, a bunch of predominantly Gentile people in Antioch. Like Antioch of all places. We, we talked about Antioch the city last week. They, that, that group of people, they just sent funds to a group of predominantly Jewish people in, in Jerusalem. Like, how in the world does that happen? One answer the gospel. The gospel. Christ crucified and raised for sinners in Antioch and in Jerusalem. See, you don't, you don't get uh, beyond the distinctions into a common deliverance unless you've experienced 
the saving grace of Jesus Christ. They were giving in response to the gospel. They, they were giving in response to their, their Savior. Let me, close, let me close with this this morning. So, so, so what, what, is, what does this look like? Here's a, here's a start. We got, we, got, we got a picture? This is, my, this is my good friend, Pastor Sam Hill. Pastor Hill, he, he pastors and leads North Bryan New Birth Baptist on the north side of Bryan. Back a few weeks ago, during the winter apocalypse, uh, Pastor Hill, their church, just about every single pipe in their church burst. Sanctuary flooded, office flooded, books, fellowship hall, just, just completely flooded. The task before them to restore and, and renovate their church is massive. I, I can't imagine a better way to live out the truth of Acts 11, 27 through 30 than to respond by taking up a collection for our brothers and sisters. Amen? Okay, that was wimpy. Amen? <laughs> Just want to make sure y'all are in on this. So this morning, here's, here, here's the call. Let's be sensitive to the Spirit of God. Let, let's be... Let's be resolved. And, and, and I pray, I pray that our giving would provide the, the world a, a strong demonstration of the gospel, the good news of Christ crucified and raised. And, and I even thought about this. Listen, like, here's my prayer. Like if we go from this place and we talk about what we're doing and we, we share that, man, we, we raised up funds to bless our brothers and sisters. Here, here's, here's the deal. If you do that, I want you to be prepared to share why. Because it's not a boast on us. It's not a brag on us. It's a boast on the cross. Amen? It's, it's a boast in Christ. Because in Christ, we're one. So this morning, we're going we're gonna to do things a little bit, a little bit differently. Our, our, our time of response is going to be a time of giving and uh, our, our elders, listen, myself, Pastor Matt, we're, we're going to be available if anyone needs prayer, if anybody wants to uh, respond and, and, and follow Jesus. Listen, we'd love to pray with you still. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's if you want to, after all, if you want to give like they did in Acts 11, listen, um, it helps to give in this way when you've responded to the gift of Jesus. Amen. But this morning, I, I believe that, that we, have, we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity in church. So here's the call. Let's, let's step up for the sake of the gospel and for the good of, of our brothers and, and sisters. And so I'm going to do things a little bit differently. I, I want to do this. Cedric and the team, is, they're going to be making their, their way to the stage in just a minute. I want to invite everybody to stand. I want to invite everyone to, to stand. Uh, I want to ask our ushers if they'll go ahead uh, and, and come forward and, and get in their place. And, and here's what this is going to look like. 
If, if you have a tithe or offering for Restoration Church, Brian, uh, if you've got a check or like your normal regular giving to RCB, hey, that, that's totally fine. You can give that today. You can, you can drop it in the offering basket. But every bit of, of cash that we collect today, or, or if you want to write a check to North Bryan New Birth, you can do that. Every single bit is going to go to North Bryan New Birth Baptist. Uh, and, and then what we're going to do is restoration is going to take everything that we collect today and we're going to match it. And then we're going to go this week and, and we're going uh, to make sure that Pastor Hill uh, gets a, a check so that they can start repairing uh, their, their building. But I want to pray and listen. It's a call to give. It's a call to give in response to the gospel. And so as the spirit moves, man, let's, let's respond. Y'all pray with me. Lord God, we, we thank you for the gift of the gospel. We thank you for your, your great generosity in pouring out your grace and forgiveness and salvation on us. And we praise you for opportunities like this to, in response to the gospel, to give. And so, God, I pray that you would use uh, these, our, our giving, uh, to bless our brothers and sisters at North Bryan New Birth. God, be glorified in this, and I pray that we would be able to point back to your goodness and faithfulness in the gospel and in through this, and that Christ, you alone, would be exalted and glorified in this and through this. So we give this to you, and we give unto you, and we pray all of this. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen, amen.